Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You know, it really doesn't start off like a Christmas song. Elton John here, right? Yep. You don't really know it's a Christmas song. A lot of times Christmas songs you'll have like a sleigh bells or something that kind of gets you right away. Like, oh yeah. Or they say the word Christmas right away. Elton John right there. It is uh, leading up to Christmas week. We got Christmas music bumps. I'm a big Christmas music fan. We have snow on the ground. We had some yesterday and a little bit left. It was the first kind of decent snowfall of the year. And then it melted, and it's pretty much gone today, mostly. And it's not really going to show up, I think, uh, by Christmas. So it looks like we're not going to have a white Christmas. We'll see after that. Uh, Patrick Hammer will be on with me on... And we haven't really nailed this down yet. Not sure if it's going to be tomorrow or Friday yet. But tomorrow, I will have Sean McDermott's weekly radio interview here on WGR. That will be tomorrow, just after 11 a.m. So because the Bills play the Chargers on Saturday... And it's a travel day on Friday. McDermott will be here on WGR on Thursday. So just so everybody knows. Today, Bill's on the practice field at 12.30 p.m. I'll be out there. Make sure you stay up to date. We're waiting on word if uh, James Cook has been named AFC Offensive Player of the Week or not. I think he should get it. I think his week was better than anybody else. But in the meantime, there could be a couple other guys that uh, maybe the league decides to give it to. In the meantime, also, the Bills are at the Chargers on Saturday night. Right now, we welcome in on the West Her Hotline, David Drogemeyer. He is the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and he joins me on the West Her Hotline. David, thanks for doing this early out there in L.A. I really appreciate you joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of your listeners out there. Yeah, you too. And I'm imagining you will not have a white Christmas in L.A. just like we will not have a white Christmas in Buffalo, apparently. Unless you want to drive a few hours up to Big Bear and then immediately leave when you're done, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm I'm good though. I'm good getting a little bit of like 60, 65 degree weather, uh, getting there on Friday night and then the game on Saturday. And it's a Saturday night game uh, between the Bills and the Chargers, but the Chargers have had a little extra time to not only prepare but to also make some changes. They fired, obviously, um, Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco, who's a Buffalo native, uh, grew up here in Buffalo and Western New York, went to St. Francis High School. 
Um, was this just something that was inevitable by the end of the season, but they just had to do it now because of the way and the manner in which they lost last Thursday to the Raiders? Yeah, I think going into this season, after that kind of embarrassing, crushing loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs, the expectations for what they needed to see for both those men to return was very clear. They have to make it to the playoffs. They have to win at least one playoff game. And and I think, you know, if things did not unfold the way they did on Thursday night against the Raiders, they might have been able to make it till the end of the season. But that was definitely the final straw that broke the camel's back. And, and it was just, you know, getting absolutely embarrassed in front of the entire world on national TV 63 to 21. Uh, it just looked like the players were not motivated. They they were not. Uh, they did not show up ready to play, and they got absolutely destroyed. So after that, that was definitely the the, the final straw. And in this league, as you know, if you don't win football games and you have no chance to make it to the playoffs, then you know the organizations are going to find people that can win. And let's just keep it, you know, um, general before we bring it back to this specific game. What can you tell us about, you know, new interim coach Giff Smith? Yeah, so Giff Smith has been one of the longest tenured coaches uh, in the Chargers organization going back to the San Diego Chargers days. Um, he's a very, very well-respected. He's a no-nonsense type of coach. He's going to give it to you straight exactly how it is. And, and I expect uh, that, you know, he will have this team motivated to try and win these last few games uh, whether that will happen or not I, I highly doubt it but uh, you know he was probably one of, one of the top choices to you know take this job and at least steer the Chargers to the end of the season and he did coach in Buffalo for a little while he was an assistant coach here under Chan Gailey uh, I believe as well in the meantime uh, what do they do here where do they go from here I mean people talking about maybe Bill Belichick coming in um, Ben Johnson's name is floating around what, how do you handicap this Search not only for head coach, but maybe what kind of GM they're looking for. Yeah, so I mean, I think you know when you're looking at the general manager search, you, you want to go to the best organizations in football, uh, the guys that have consistently won year in and year out. So teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, like the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills, for example. You want to take talent from premium organizations that have an expectation of winning and have a track record. Of winning, I think that's what you're looking for in a general manager. And as far as a coach, uh, you know, if you listen to you know John Stanis, which is one you know the head of football operations and also part of the ownership group for the Chargers, he said there are no financial limitations on you know the coaching GM search. So if that is truly the case, for me, I think the the, the top choice is trying to get Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. Jim Harbaugh has been a guy that has turned organizations around everywhere he's went. He went to Stanford when they were horrible, turned that franchise around, went to the 49ers. They went to three NFC championship games and a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, then he goes to Michigan and turns that program around to where they're perennial winners. So, for me, if, if, if I'm the one making that decision, then I go, you know, give Jim Harbaugh the, the godfather offer, uh, you know, an offer he can't refuse, bring him in, uh, change the culture, bring some physicality that's much needed for this charger chargers organization and then I call it a day. What what would be the reaction if they did pursue Bill Belichick? You know, we we've obviously here in Buffalo he was a nightmare for the Bills for twenty years, but I mean I, I've been kind of leading the charge here in Buffalo on the radio of 
I don't think this guy is really a good head coach anymore, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I, I, I would welcome if he went to another team. I, I don't know what they're getting. That's my opinion. But he also carries the name. He does have six shiny rings, obviously. And maybe he does go somewhere else and does something different. What would be the reaction if the Chargers did that? And do you think it's a possibility they do pursue him? Well, I mean, I, I think just from a straight football perspective, I don't know how you can't at least have a conversation with you know one of the winningest head coaches in football history. Um, and yeah, I, I think some some of the some of those you know comments are well founded. I mean, wh- when Tom Brady left, I mean, you saw a lot of those winning ways kind of go by the wayside. And for Bill, it's a unique situation because Bill's not just coming in to be the head coach; he's coming in to be the general manager as well. You know, he he does both of those roles. So you have to truly understand what you're getting yourself into. And also, you know, this is a, a guy who's making $20 million per season. He is the highest paid coach in the NFL. So that comes along with that. I am not sure that the Chargers organization, the ownership group is willing to cede the type of power that it would require mm-hmm. to bring in Bill Belichick. Tell us what went wrong for Tom Telesco. There's a lot of, People here who are very familiar with him, he did grow up in Buffalo, St. Francis High School grad uh, here in Buffalo. He's been, you know, in the NFL for quite a few years. What went wrong with him specifically, if there was anything, roster builder, is he just tied to the head coach and it hasn't happened here for the last several years? Absolutely not. I mean, Tom Telesco has hired three different head coaches. And, you know, like I said before, if you don't win and then I'm in the National Football League, then, you know, they have to find people that will. And he's only won two playoff games. He has not won any division titles uh, at all in his 11 years with the Chargers. I mean, he's drafted a lot of first-round picks that have hit. But, you know, it's just one of those, you know, those hitters in baseball that either hit a ton of home runs or they strike out. There's really not much Mm -hmm. in between. And I think that's really what it's been for Tom Telesco. He's had a lot of top-end talent, but the the meat, you know, the middle of, uh, of the draft, they haven't had enough success to be able to consistently churn out contributors up and down the draft, which has also contributed to the Chargers organization not being a well-balanced type of team. Uh, I think that is you know, a reflection of the inability to bring in the right type of players up and down the draft, not just at the top end. David Drogemeyer joining me here on the Western Hotline, host of the Locked on Chargers podcast. Follow him on Twitter at DroTalk. S-D, D-R-O-T-A-L-K-S-D. All right, so let's talk about this team now. And obviously you have the coaching change, but also a quarterback change, unfortunately, because of Justin Herbert's injury. What are the Bills getting when they see Easton Stick on the field on Saturday night? Yeah, so Easton Stick's a, a very inexperienced uh, NFL quarterback, although he, he did win a, a ton of football games at North Dakota State, uh, including a, a you know a a championship at the level of football that he was competing at. He's very much a mobile quarterback. He's a guy that's going to run. Uh, I would expect a, a lot of that to be in the game plan. And he's been with the Chargers a long time. He just hasn't played a lot of football. You know, when you have a talent like Justin Herbert ahead of you, you know, you're not going to see the field too too much. So I think this is a rare opportunity for him to kind of show what he's capable of doing to be able to try to show that he is a capable backup. He needs to – take care of the football a little bit better. That's definitely been a concern uh, as of late. Uh, I think he's a guy that has decent accuracy, but I don't expect him to throw down the football field a ton. I think they're going to run the ball with him. They're going to get the ball out of his hands quickly, try to get the ball to Austin Eckler, let him do do some work. But um, Easton Sticks is a guy that has to manage the game, 
and has to protect the ball. I think that's his best path for success. And even if you go back to, you know, the tail end of when Justin Herbert was starting, this offense has really struggled. What's been the issue on offense uh, going back last several weeks, especially since the Green Bay game in, in mid-November? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the lack of a running game for the Chargers. The Chargers have a, a bottom five rushing attack in, in the NFL, and it's been the inability to protect Justin Herbert in the most critical of moments. I mean, that's why the Chargers have been so bad in one-score games this year is because – they have not been able to pass protect when they know the defense is coming after them and then trying to sack the quarterback. When you need that pass protection, when you need to give your quarterback that extra second to be able to make a decision to be able to throw down the football field, they have not been able to do that. They have continually failed week in and week out at protecting their quarterback in those critical moments. So when you can't protect your quarterback and you don't have a running game to lean on, that makes your offense a very one-dimensional and in turn – very easy to kind of plan for. And then what's going on with Austin Eckler and will we see any sort of change in his usage now with the new coach with, with um, uh, Giff Smith in charge? Yeah. So, I mean, I think for Giff, you know, he's like I said, he's a guy that is well-respected in the organization, a guy that I think is just going to try to get them to the end of the season. I don't expect, you know, him to be, you know, a guy that's going to probably be in the conversation to, to lead you know the, the team going forward. I think the Chargers need to make a big splash. They've been in the Los Angeles market for you know six or seven years now, and they quite quite frankly haven't won a lot of, enough football games to be relevant. There's a lot of tickets in town in Los Angeles, and if you don't win, then you're irrelevant. So the Chargers need to make the big moves to be able to bring the eyeballs back to the organization and bring them back to prominence. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I asked about uh, Austin Eckler. I'm not sure if you heard me. What, what's the situation with him, Austin Eckler, and as far as if there's going to be a change in his usage uh, with the new head coach? Yeah, so with, with Austin Eckler, I think Austin has dealt with the ankle injury throughout this year. That's definitely slowed him down. And also, you know, just the difference in the, uh, in the offense. Uh, Kellen Moore brought in a style that's more throwing the ball down the, down the football field, trying to get more explosive plays. And that means less check down opportunities for Austin, which he excels so well at. So I think it's just been a fundamental change in how the offense has run with, you know, coupled with injuries that have kind of, uh, you know, made a downturn in his production. Cause last year, it's a guy that was a touchdown machine. He, you know, scored 18 touchdowns last yep. season, but he's only scored six touchdowns this season. So, you know, the injuries, the, the change in the offense, uh, and, and also, you know, just the, the, the direction of the team, I think, you know, for him, you know, he, he's still trying to audition. Like, I, I think, you know, he wanted a ton of money before the season started. The Chargers were not going to pay him that money because he's getting on the verge of 30. And also, with running backs, it's a very violent, very physical position. And, and also, you can find value up and down the draft and in undrafted free agency. So, it just doesn't make a lot of financial business sense for the Chargers to, to bring him back. And because of their cap hell that they're in next season – I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that Austin is going to be gone after this season. And then flipping it around on the other side of the ball defensively, just seems like they're having a lot of trouble stopping both the run and the pass, but the numbers aren't that great. You know, what's happened on the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers? Yeah, so, I mean, for the Chargers, it's been, you know, honestly, Brandon Staley, uh, his inability to, you know, put these players in the best positions to succeed. And, you know, for, for the Chargers, the first year, you know, that Brandon Staley came in, they had a new scene, a new scheme, uh, a new system. So, you know, and some injuries to have to overcome. The second year, 
the Chargers said, hey, Brandon, what do you need? And they went out and they spent a ton of money on the defense, bringing in the type of players that execute his defense. And then year three, they bring those guys back and try to keep everything the same. And none of those financial uh, investments ever you know, turned into the type of defense that they had envisioned when they brought him in. Because the whole vision was, hey, let's give Justin Herbert a top defense and, and let him go win some football games. That has never materialized for the Chargers. They've had a good pass rush, but they've given up way too many explosive plays, both in the pass game and the running game. In the run game, they've been a little bit better this season, but when you're giving up those 30, 40-yard plays, they're backbreaking. It's just hard to overcome those types of situations. So it, the, the, the vision for the defense never materialized. It, it, you know, they wanted to institute a death by a thousand paper cuts, make the offenses matriculate down the football field, and you know, they didn't do that. They, they, they beat that um, you know, repeatedly. And so I don't know if we're going to see too much difference in how the defense is called. But, um, yeah, that's really been the major problem with, with the defense you know, throughout Brandon Staley's tenure. And then finally, uh, Dave, what about injuries? Is, is Joey Bosa eligible to return? And do you expect them to maybe have him practice this week at all? I know he didn't yesterday. And then Keenan Allen's injury, I know he didn't practice yesterday either. Where do they both stand? Yeah, so Joey Bosa is eligible to come off of you know the IR uh, to be activated off of the IR list this week. He did work off to the side of the trainers, but he was not like suited up for practice. So uh, right. I don't think that we'll see Joey Bosa this weekend. And as far as Keenan Allen's concerned, he's been dealing with a heel injury, which is something you know one of our other cornerbacks, Dean Leonard, has been dealing with as well. Uh, and so that's a, a tricky, you know, a very weird type of injury, I and mean, it's kind of, kind of hard to put a gauge on it. But Keenan Allen's been such, you know, an incredible force for the Chargers' offense. Uh, and, you know, if he doesn't practice today, I don't, you know, I don't foresee his availability for Saturday changing at this point. I think he's going to miss another game. And for him, you know, to be in a situation where the Chargers are, you know, kind of not going to be able to do anything positive with the rest of their season, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him to try to push through and play through an injury. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. David, thank you very much for doing this today out there in L.A. Once again, it's Drotalk SD. He is the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, David Drogemeyer. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you guys very much. Merry Christmas. All right, you too. David Drogemeyer there on the Chargers. Yeah, this man, the Chargers, they have such a history of just not <laughs> performing up to expectations over the last several years. When's the last time the Chargers won a playoff game? I got to look. Can you think about that off the top of your head, Josh? When's the last time the Chargers won a playoff game? Ooh. Um, I was going to say last year, but then they blew it to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me see. I'm trying to look here. Man. Lost wild card. 20, okay. no. Uh, I was going to say 2017, but that was, <coughs> I don't know, though, because, like, I'm trying to think. Ooh, I got it. I do have it. I do have it here. Okay. Hmm. All right. No, you're close. The following year they did, 2018. They beat the Ravens 23-17 to in the wildcard round. And then they lost to the Patriots. Oh. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... 
what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, so that was, was that the year, that was the year the Patriots faced Mahomes in the Super Bowl, right? That was like Brady. That would be. That was their yeah, first was matchup. That the, was that the, was that the offsides penalty that cost the Chiefs? Yeah, yes. I think so. Yep. No, no. So the Patriots face Mahomes, then they go and they beat the Rams thirteen to three in the Super Bowl. That's right. Or, right. Yeah. Not in the Super. That yeah. Not the Patriots Chiefs AC Championship. Yeah. Event. Right. Yep. Now before that, they get to the divisional round. They win a playoff game that year, twenty thirteen. They beat the Bengals twenty seven ten. Then they lose to the Broncos. So they've had a couple wins. Twenty thirteen, twenty eighteen. Last year they did not. In between though, a whole lot of not making the playoffs. Um. They've made the playoffs three times since 2010. I mean, we talk about droughts here. Ah, no more drought here. Look at this. By the way, speaking of droughts, just to shift gears, talk about the Sabres. You know, it looks like maybe another year where they won't make it. The Jets are going to extend their drought. The Jets have the longest playoff drought of any NFL team. Last time they made the playoffs was 2011. I mean, you, you remember the drought here in Buffalo, Josh. When it was like 12 years in, I mean, if you would have said, yeah, they're still not going to make it for five more years, it would just be so depressing. I don't know when the Jets are going to make it again. Maybe Aaron Rodgers comes back and they make it. But I think about that sometimes. Like when you're 12, when you're eight years in, 10 years in, 12 years in, you're not thinking about, you know, you don't know when it's going to happen. It could happen the next year. The Jets could still be looking at more years of not making it. They... If they don't get this quarterback situation right, if Rodgers doesn't come back healthy, if they start to make changes, I don't know. I mean, you got Miami and Buffalo, obviously, in your division. Look at the rest of the AFC. I just find it kind of crazy. The Jets are here 12 years now of no playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Mariners, and they were at 21 years. So yeah. it it can get much worse. But I don't know. I mean, if Rodgers does come back and he's like, you know, half of what he was Maybe they squeak in if Miami maybe, falls off, maybe. but Miami looks great. I don't think the Bills are going to get worse. So, by the way, I don't know. 2010, they have... not even 2011. 2010 Oof. was their last time. Maybe they went to the conference championship two years in a row with Mark Sanchez. Right? Yeah, that was like the the two year window where Mark Sanchez was like <laughs> a redeemable good quarterback, and then just kinda, yeah, well, fell off face under the Rex earth. Ryan. By the way, <laughs> yeah, under Rex Ryan. <laughs> So the Jets have the longest playoff drought in the NFL. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010. It's 2023 now, so you know, 13 years, whatever, going on. 
It is wild to think about that because I don't know. I mean, it, it could be even longer uh, for them. But I remember you know, thinking, I think back sometimes like, boy, if you would have known the Bills in t- year 12 still had five more years to go to break the playoff drought, it just it would be so depressing to even think about that. You never know, though. You go year to year. But here they are again, the Jets, not going to make the playoffs. There are teams who can make the playoffs this week. They can clinch playoff spots. There are teams who can be eliminated from the playoffs this week. I'll run through them when we come back here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Whatever it was today. I, I couldn't tell you what was different, but we, we committed to it. James ran hard, Tay ran hard, Ty ran hard. When you, when you can stay in front of the sticks like we did today, I don't know how many third downs we had, but I, it couldn't have been that many. I don't think I threw the ball that many times. Just get it done. Let's just find a way to win. And, you know, felt like the, the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A, I'll do this 10 times out of 10 times, man. Love it. Great quote there from Josh Allen after the game last week. He only threw the ball 15 times, only seven completions. I think those were his stats, right? Seven for 15? Did I have that right? I mean, it was something yep. like that. Yeah, and only 94 yards. He had four drops. Dalton Kincaid had two that he should have caught. caught. Stephon Diggs had one early on. And James Cook had what might have been a touchdown. So those things happen. But I love that quote because actually it wasn't even him saying that. The funny part was I felt like a kid who didn't do anything but still got an A on the class project. But I also love the fact that he didn't even know how many times he threw the ball or anything. Like, yeah, I don't know how many times I threw the ball. Felt like it wasn't that many. He's not aware of that. He's not thinking about stats. He's saying, just got to win. I love that. And that's what they need to do. Just keep winning. They cannot, the Bills cannot clinch a playoff spot this week. They have to keep winning here. They probably cannot clinch one until week 18, to be quite honest with you. And that can come in different forms. But let's take a look at the NFL playoff picture heading into week 16. So there are teams who can clinch this week. And there are teams like the Buffalo Bills who can be knocked out of certain situations. Now, the Bills can't be eliminated from playoff contention. But I want to make it known here and tell you that the Bills will be eliminated eliminated from AFC East division title consideration if they lose or tie and Miami wins. So basically that's what I'm gonna you know what? Anything I say here, I'm gonna eliminate the ties. I'm not gonna talk about ties. Just wins and losses. If Miami wins this week against Dallas, the Bills lose against the Chargers, the Bills cannot win clinch the division or win the division at all. They can't win the division this year. But we'd have bigger problems if that happens anyway. The Bills lose to the Chargers. So doesn't um, doesn't surprise you. Miami, if they win, if they beat Dallas this week, they're in the playoffs. They clinch a playoff spot. If Kansas City wins this week, they clinch the AFC West division title. One win. That's all they need. They win against who's uh, Kansas City playing again this week? I have to look again. Hold on. Is Kansas City playing the Raiders this week? Yeah, playing the Raiders. Raiders at Chiefs. If the Chiefs win, they win the AFC West. Baltimore can win the AFC North this week. They would need to win against the 49ers on Monday night and have Cleveland lose. So if Cleveland loses and then Baltimore wins, the Ravens are the AFC North champion. Cleveland can clinch a playoff spot, not a division, a spot with, you ready for this? A win plus a Denver Broncos loss, a Colts loss, a Bills loss, and a Miami win. It's a lot of things to happen, but that's Cleveland's situation. Now, as far as elimination is concerned, just look at the AFC right now. As far as elimination, 
the Raiders are knocked out of playoff contention at all where they lost this week. They lose to the Chiefs, they're done. A The Chargers, ooh, how about this? The Bills can knock the Chargers out of playoff consideration where they win. So, Bills win, obviously they need to for their own sake. It would also completely take care of the Chargers' playoff hopes. They cannot make the playoffs in that case. Again, not surprising, but official. The Broncos, as of right now, are still in AFC West contention, but if they lose and Kansas City wins, no, I'm sorry, Kansas City wins. Like I said, the, the Kansas City wins it. You already heard that because I told you the Chiefs would win. They would win it anyway. All right. Um, which other, who else can be eliminated here? Um, ooh, Jacksonville, they lose. They can't get the one seed. Indy loses. They can't get the one seed. Houston loses. They can't get the one seed. Kansas City. They can be knocked out of the one seed if they lose and Baltimore wins. That's one to monitor because Kansas City's been the one seed for so long in all these games. And even when they weren't, they still host playoff games. The Bills, where they lost, could not get the one seed. That's not a surprise. So there are a lot of things that can happen this week. And we have a really interesting... I'm so jacked for this weekend and how it plays out with the schedule. I really am. The last like few weeks, I don't, I don't love the 425 games because... I can't really pay attention to the one o'clock games. Got radio duties. And we're walking around in the stadium. We got our, our boot there. We got a game on. Red zone. Can't really watch it. Pay attention. Once in a while, you look over to it. Try to check the scores. Doing the pregame. Doing the roundtable. Games are going on. I can't really pay attention to what's going on. Now, a one o'clock game, a lot of times I can't pay a lot of attention to the 4 p.m., 425 games. But after the bills are done, I can go up in the press box, do some work. The games are on. I don't love when they have a 425 game on Sunday. And I can't really pay attention to the 1 o'clock games like I like. This week, totally different. We started off tomorrow night. Saints-Rams. What a monster game in the NFC between the Saints and the Rams. Both teams are 7-7. Seven and seven. And in case you're not aware, right now, that is the cutoff line between two teams in and two teams out in the NFC. Vikings and Rams are both in right now at 7-7. Seven and seven. Seahawks and Saints are both out at 7-7. Seven and seven. So... That is a huge game between the Rams and the Saints on Thursday night football. Not the sexiest sexiest of matchups necessarily, but a really big game. So I actually like that for Thursday night football this week. That's tomorrow night. And then, of course, Saturday. Get to Saturday. Really big game between the Bengals and Steelers. Did I read correctly, Josh? Is, is Mason Rudolph starting? He is, which is a very questionable decision, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, it's not because of know. injury. No, that's the wild part. Is like, right? I, I don't get it. Like, what? What did Kenny Pickett do last well, week that changed their minds? You mean uh, Mitch Trubisky or Mitch? Yeah, I'm sorry, Mitch Trubisky. Forgot. Kenny yeah, but Pickett well, here, here, right? But I think this is basically desperation. That's what it is. It's Mike Tomlin saying, "I got to do something different. I got to change something up." His season's slipping away. They're seven and seven. They're playing an eight and six Bengals team without Jamar Chase, without Joe Burrow. But yes, Jake Browning's played well. Okay, Bills fans, root for the Steelers. You need the Steelers to win. That would really help. It's going to be tough. It is four thirty Saturday in Pittsburgh. I do give the Steelers a chance. I don't think that. I mean, probably wouldn't predict them to win, but maybe we'll do three dog Thursday tomorrow. I'll have my picks then. But I do think the Steelers can win at home with their backs against the wall against a Jamar Chaseless Cincinnati Bengals team, but that's a really important game for the Bills. And then, of course, the Bills play Saturday night, 8 o'clock. The game is on Peacock on TV only. 
Now, if you live in Buffalo and you get WGRZ TV2, the game is on TV for you. If you don't get that station, that Channel 2, that NBC affiliate, the game is not on TV for you, and you have to get Peacock somehow. We have people listening to us all around the country. In L.A., which is probably a bad example here because they're playing in L.A., but in Virginia, in Florida, in New York City, or wherever. If you're a Bills fan in those places, you've got to have Peacock to watch the game. Because unless you get the local NBC affiliate here in Buffalo, you're not going to be able to watch it. I have to check on Rochester if that's the case. And I'm sorry I don't have that top of hand. I can, um, We can reach out and check to make sure. But, of course, we want you to listen to the radio anyway. It's on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. It will be a 8 o'clock p.m. kickoff time. That means roundtable at 6 p.m. here on WGR. All right. Then, the reason I love this schedule... Fly back from L.A., hopefully with a win in hand. Get back very early morning, Christmas Eve morning. Got all Christmas Eve, and you're like, all right, it's Christmas Eve. But guess what? Everybody else plays. The Bills don't. And hopefully the Bills won. Kick back the feet. Enjoy Christmas Eve. Enjoy it with family and friends. Whatever you're doing. Not going to be able to go sledding. Shouldn't be much snow on the ground. But I'm going to just kick my feet up. Watch the Colts and the Falcons because you need the Falcons to win. Going with Taylor Heineke. I like that switch. I think... Josh, I think Taylor Heineke gives them a better chance to win right now than Desmond Ritter. I don't know. I I wonder sometimes. I, I think it's more so just utilizing the weapons in their offense better. Because, like, we saw earlier in the year, Bijan Robinson was just, you know, cooking guys, and now they don't really use him that much. I'm not saying that that's, you know, on the starting quarterback or whatever. I just think it's a, it's a team thing as a whole with the Falcons of, like, you just have to have a better idea. You know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. seems like they're not, they don't have like an offensive identity. And it should be B. John Robinson. And, you know, every once in a while you throw it to Kyle Pitts or something like that. And I don't think Desmond Ritter is the guy that can do that. I think you're right. I think Heineke does do it. He is a better option for them. But overall, I don't think that that should be the focal point of that offense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I like the circumstances of this game for the Falcons because the Bills need the Falcons to win. And the Falcons are coming off a very bad loss to the Panthers. The Colts are coming off a big high win against the Steelers. It's in Atlanta. Their backs are against the wall, too. I know both teams are, but I think the Falcons have a chance here. So, Bills fans, you want the Falcons to win that game over the Colts. Another 1 o'clock game. This one's monstrous as well in the AFC. Browns at Texans. So, here's the deal. I think you want the Browns to keep winning and just give them, like, win this game. Give them the five seed, right? Give them one of the wild cards. There's three wild cards. Knock Houston out. There's an argument to be made that you want Houston, and then everybody gets to 9-6, and six, and they could all be still tied, and you could now pass the Browns. But I think that if you just get keep eliminating teams, it would help the Bills. So I say root for the Browns, but I totally respect an argument of saying root for the Texans. In the meantime, C.J. Stroud looks like he's not going to play. It'll be Case Keenum, and we know it's Joe Flacco for the Browns, but that's a really big game in the AFC, Browns at Texans. Did you Another see that the game? Texans signed yes. Tim Boyle? Oh, I did. I think he's on I their did. practice squad. Which is just uh, they poached him basically. No, they didn't. They didn't. They, well, well, you can't poach him because I thought because the, he would have to go the, to the active roster. I thought the Jets like fully released him. I didn't think that that's what happened. Yes, you're correct about that. Yes, they didn't because if he was on their practice squad and they poached him, he'd have to be on their active roster. He was right. a free agent because the Jets waived him a little while ago. That's right. But still, I did just see that a crazy name to go pick up for for when CJ Stroud goes. Down. I mean, not that there's that many people out there, but like I don't know. It's just kind of funny seeing him pop up on on Twitter once again. Yeah, and Malik Cunningham, by the way, did you see he's now on the Ravens? Went from the Patriots to the Ravens. 
And the Ravens also lost Keaton Mitchell, obviously, their running back. They're playing Monday night. That's a big game for them. And, of course, it's an AFC-NFC game. But at this point, it doesn't matter. Raven, the Bills aren't going to catch the Ravens most likely anyway. So, whatever. They win. Let them be the one seed, right? And not get, let Kansas City do that. Um, another big AFC game for Bills fans to watch. Jags at Buccaneers. One AFC game here. One AFC team, I should say. Don't know Trevor Lawrence's status yet. He's in concussion protocol. Baker Mayfield's hot. The Buccaneers are hot. I think the Bucs have a really decent chance to beat the Jags. Now, there's an argument to be made either way here again. I think you want the Bucs to win because it's NFC against AFC. But hear me out on this, folks. If the Jags win and they can just win the AFC South, then you're fighting with those other teams that you didn't lose against, meaning the Texans and the Colts for a wild card. But if the Jags don't win the South, you got to beat them straight up record-wise or else you lose the tiebreaker. So... I could understand that. I still say root for the Buccaneers. More options available to you, the better it is for the Buffalo Bills. That would at least give another team another loss, and the Bills could wind up passing them in the standings. And, of course, you want the Cowboys to beat the Dolphins, right? I mean, that goes without saying. That game is Sunday at 425 p.m., Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve night. <coughs> before the before Santa comes down the chimneys, Patriots at Broncos. Bills fans, I'm sorry to tell you, you have to root for the Patriots this weekend. Got to root for the Patriots over the Broncos. Probably not going to happen, but that would be the preferred outcome. Raiders at Chiefs, that is a Christmas Day game at 1 p.m. Um, we got a Giants-Eagles game Christmas Day, and also Christmas night is Ravens at 49ers. So, you know what's interesting to me, Josh, real quick, is for many years, many, many years, the NFL was all about Thanksgiving, and the NBA was Christmas. You watched NFL on Thanksgiving, you watched the NBA on Christmas. Well, guess what? The NFL a few years ago said, uh, hey, NBA, we're going to start taking some eyeballs from you because we think we can beat you, and now you get three Christmas Day games from the NFL. It's, I don't know, it's kind of a weird, weird thing. Like, it's like, they're why are you trying to fight the NBA? Like, there's never been a problem there, you know what I mean? Like, no, I don't think it's about fighting. It's just about, hey, we, we, we have windows here and people watch us and we're going to put it on. And we, we, we're not worried about you. We'll take, your eye, we'll take eyeballs away from you. I think the NFL just feels that no matter what, they put their product on, people are going to watch. I think it wasn't about fighting the NBA. It's about not being as scared of the NBA as they may have used to be and say, it doesn't matter. People will watch our product. What's going to happen on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Like when Christmas is on Tuesday next year, are they going to try to put a game on Tuesday? Probably not. I would not be stunned if you got like a night game though. And then you tell you and then you say week the following week the team has to play on a Monday night or Monday or something. I don't know. No, probably not. I mean, logistically it would probably be really tough, but you're right. It makes it much easier this year. No doubt about that. I agree or with you. Could you so that's your schedule. Yeah. Could you treat it like okay, let's say, you know, the Bills and the Patriots play on Christmas Day next year at night and it's on a Tuesday. And then you say, okay, the Bills are going to play somebody next Thursday. Because then that's kind of like... No, I don't think so. Because then you're messing with the rest for the week. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Or, or you, you set could. up a bye week. I mean, this year there is a Thursday night game before the final on week 17. So, yeah. yeah. No, you can't do bye weeks. Bye weeks are done by oh, week 15. Oh, right, right. That's true. I'm, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I don't know. But Ma- no, maybe... no. You, 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 bring up, you bring up a good point like to try and massage the schedule. But I think Tuesday would be a little much of an ask. But look at this. I mean, now you got the NBA playing on Christmas Day. Yeah, three games, so it's going to be really interesting to see how all this shakes out. All right, well, that's... 
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your schedule for this week. In the meantime, we will have Sabres Live at the top of the hour. One final time out here on the Extra Point Show. We'll come right back after this on WGR. I honestly can't remember the last time I was actually interested in college football signing day for Syracuse, but today I am. So uh, that's what it is. National signing day. So I'm checking that out. And by the way, though, with these guys, these, it, it, you never know. You, you think somebody's going to, they're going to sign, but then they're going to be on another team anyway. So that could go for a guy that commits to your team and Syracuse or UB or whatever, but they're also going to get people that go to other schools a year from now. So that's the way it is now in the transfer portal. But I'm excited because Fran Brown's doing some really good things. So I'm actually paying attention to that a little bit today. All right. I get this question all the time. We've talked about it. We're going to keep hammering it home and keep talking about it and letting you know. Whatever you hear, whatever rumor you hear, whatever someone tells you they're hearing, no one knows when the Bills are playing Week 18 yet, folks. No one knows. I don't know. I talk to people who would normally know this kind of thing. They don't know. The NFL makes the decision after Week 17. So when everybody says, yeah, I'm hearing they're going to play Saturday, stop. I hear they're going to play Sunday night, stop. I'm telling you here, they could very well play Sunday night if it's for the division. That would make sense, but nothing's determined. Nothing's determined until after Week 17 when the Bills play the New England Patriots, the Dolphins play the Ravens, and everybody else takes care of their schedule in the afternoon. Now, it could happen. They could announce it at like 4 o'clock on Week 17. They could announce it at 8 o'clock before Sunday Night Football. They could announce it during Sunday Night Football, after Sunday Night Football. What's the Sunday Night Football game that week? Uh, Packers-Vikings. They might need it to... There's two of them. No, no, there's one. One, Packers-Vikings. They might need that game to play out before even knowing. And then we find out later. So... Just here is a public service announcement from me to you. You can thank me. Just if anybody says to you, I'm hearing they're playing whatever day or night, week 18 against the Dolphins. No, you have not. That's not true. Nobody knows. The NFL has a lot of different scenarios they're considering. And yes, the Bills will certainly be considered for the Sunday night game if it matters for the division against the Dolphins. And even Saturday night in that case, like they did last year with the AFC South title on the line. So there you go. Sabres live up next. One Bills live after that. Show up with the Bulldog at 3 o'clock on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.